Hey, good morning, and welcome back to BUMC Online, the online campus here at Broadway. I'm Lewis, and I'm the campus pastor for our online church family. We're going to get started in just a few minutes, and today you're going to have an opportunity to sing with Jeremy and Megan, to pray. We're going to have a special element just for our children, and we're going to begin a brand new message series called All Things New with Pastor Laura. So remember, grab your candle from Easter Sunday. You're going to need that, and you need a way to light it as well. You're going to need that every week for this entire series. If you're joining us on BUMCOnline.org this morning, take a second, click on the online communication sheet that's at the top section of the screen. If you've got any prayer requests or celebrations, if you've made a decision to follow Christ and come for baptism, this is the place for you to let us know that. Also, all of this is available on our app and at broadwayunited.org forward slash share. Now, don't forget, you can still communicate with your church staff by email, voicemail, and snail mail. If you're in need of pastoral care, please call 843-3942 and dial extension 1110. I've got a couple of reminders for you. Every weekday at 9 a.m., we are on Facebook Live to do a daily time of prayer. This is a time for each of us to pray with each other and for each other. On Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons, we'll post a message for our children and students. And then on Sunday nights at 6 p.m., we have Virtual Pathway Live right here on BUMCOnline.org. A schedule of all of this is available on our website, BroadwayUnited.org, and on our Facebook page. The best way for you to stay up to date on everything that's going on in the life of our church family is to download our app. You can do this by texting BUMC app to 77977. Now, grab your favorite morning beverage and let's worship together. Good morning, Broadway, and welcome to worship. It seems like all of us are asking some version of the same question right now. What will our new normal look like? Some people are calling this the great disruption. I don't know exactly what to call it, but it sure has all of our attention. And we're asking questions about what will change and what might stay the same and how we'll know what will our new normal look like. It's hard to know, isn't it? In the middle of all of this, it's hard to see, and yet we know that somehow God is at work, and we want to be able to see. We want to be able to step into the faith that we have and notice where God is at work, even in this moment, to build on our faith from the past, to know that God has been working throughout his story in historical moments like this one to create new out of the old. Isaiah 43:19 speaks to this very reality. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in our wasteland. Today we begin a new message series called All Things New. And the goal of this series is to help us perceive the very thing that God is doing around us, the way God might just be making a path through the wilderness or a stream in the wasteland. This is also the season after Easter or Eastertide. It is the time when the church celebrates the possibility of newness through the resurrection of Jesus. It is a way for us to live into our story, which is one of loss and renewal, death and resurrection. And so this season gives us two important tasks, even as we come to worship today and in the weeks ahead. First, we need to acknowledge our losses to recognize that change is hard, 
and that we might be having to let some things go. We need to encourage one another along the way. At the same time, we want to step into the newness that is possible through the resurrection of Jesus. We want to be able to rise to the moment with Christ and see where he is at work around us and we want to join him. And so we begin worship today acknowledging the very presence of the risen Christ with us wherever we are. We light the Christ candle as a symbol of that presence and we'll join in the words on the screen that we might give voice to our faith in this very moment that God is with us making all things new. By the tender mercies of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Let's pray together the words on the screen. Merciful God, we come together to worship longing for tenderness, trusting your mercies are new each day. We come longing for light because in you there is no darkness at all. We come in the hope of resurrection, convinced that nothing in life or in death can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Good morning, Broadway family. Let, it, let us worship together this morning in one voice. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began, ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested and my life began, oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new now, life begins with you. Released from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom, he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested,
my Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my life began. Oh, your grace so free washes to you this morning and we are praising you for your forever love that has redeemed us that has set us free and even though we cannot be together in person in the buildings and the places that we love lord we are united with you in spirit and we praise you for that lord we praise you this morning with loud voices with open hearts and open eyes. Lord, we thank you for this moment to worship you, and we are very grateful. And it is in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Okay, Broadway family, so we have an upbeat song this morning. That's right, upbeat. So if you are able, stand with us. And if you want to sit, that's great too. Tap your foot, clap your hands. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to want to dance. So guess what? That's the great thing about being with us here online this morning is that you can dance as much as you want and not actually worry about the judgment of uh, the person next to you. Um, so please dance with us, worship with us this morning. I was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my tomb till I met you I was breathing, but not alive. 
In my failures, I try to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter I was an orphan now you call me a citizen of heaven when I was broken you were my healing now your love is the end that I'm breathing I have a future You call my name. reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 5 verses 33 through 39 they said to him John's disciples often fast and pray 
and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say, the old is better. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, so kiddos, if you can get a little closer to the screen, uh, we have Jason um, doing our children's time this morning. Hi friends, Jason here, and I am excited that you are here too. I wanna to tell you about something else that has got me excited. My favorite singer just released a brand new song. I am so excited. So here's what I wanna ask you. What makes you excited? What do you look forward to? What do you get excited about? Okay, now let me ask you a second question. What do you think God gets excited about? What do you think God gets uh, really ramped up to do? I think a couple things. I think number one, God is excited about you. God loves you and is excited to just simply hang out with you. Also, I think God gets excited to make things new. Over and over and over and over and over again in scripture, in the story of God, God is making things new. God is healing things and bringing things back to the way that he intended. And you even see this today. You see this with nurses and doctors who are helping people. I think God is even at this moment doing something new. Where do you see that happening? Where do you see God making things new? Good morning, friends. I'm Pastor Laura, and right out of the gate today, I have a confession to make. I am a control freak. It's true. I kind of like to think that, that I really, really like change and that I readily embrace new things. I like to think that I'm kind of laid back and flexible and can go with the flow. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I was taking this, this online assessment about how I function in, in the workplace. And it was asking me, how do you handle newness and change? And I was getting ready to click the button right beside the answer that said pretty much the equivalent of, no problem, bring it on. But right as I was about to click that button, I had this flashback that made me really hesitate. You see, you might not know this about me, but, but I'm kind of a French fry connoisseur. It, it was something that I, I began to, to, to really embrace back in my college days, when a really good day was when I would go out to my car and I could get under my seats and scrounge up enough change to drive my car across the street to Wendy's to get my ultimate treat, a 99 cent Biggie 
French fry. The French fries there at Wendy's were perfect. They were golden on the outside. They were a little thicker, and so they had all this, this fluffy potato on the inside, and then they were always sprinkled with just the right amount of salt. If that were not in and of itself, and as, as, as if they weren't just good enough to eat on their own, they also perfectly paired with a wide array of condiments. They were great with ketchup. They were great with barbecue sauce. And on really rough days, they paired perfectly with a Frosty. I know some of you guys out there, you've tried that. You've dipped those fries in that Frosty. And so you know, like me, that it is absolutely delicious. I loved those french fries and so fast forward a few years when when i'm more of an adult when i've already moved here to bowling green and i've started even working here at broadway i'd had kind of a long day and so i felt like i needed my my ultimate treat i went out to my car i went through the change compartment i found enough change to go and to get my french fries and as I was driving over there, I was smiling from ear to ear. I could already like taste the fries in my mouth and I could smell them in my nostrils. And as I pulled into that parking lot, I noticed something. There were all of these gigantic yellow signs. And much to my horror, do you know what they said? They said, new fries. This couldn't be right. But, but as I got a little closer, I could see that there was this fine print that even told me what these new fries were like. It said that they were natural cut with sea salt. No way! But there was even a picture right beside the description to tell me that it was true. I could see from this picture that my golden fries had been replaced by these fries that still had skin on them. I could see that these fries, they, they weren't thick anymore. They were kind of thin and they looked crunchy to me. And, and what in the world did Wendy have against plain old regular salt? And so I sat there in the parking lot and, and I kind of rapidly went through the, the five stages of grief. I went through, through the, the denial stage and then I moved into anger and, and I might've had a little, a little too much of that. And then I started bargaining, like if you just bring back my French fries, I'll never take them for granted again. And then finally I, I moved into the depression stage and, and, and then eventually got to acceptance. <laughs> I took my car and I went around the drive-thru without my fries and went straight to the exit. And you guys, I didn't go back to Wendy's for like three years. Yeah. So that's how I handled that small, tiny, insignificant, inconsequential new thing. As I remember that, as I was taking that assessment, I decided that my answer might need to change just a little bit. And I realized something really important about myself, something that, that I think is true for most of us as, as human beings. I tend to embrace change only in as much as I'm kind of in charge of it. I tend to accept new things only in as much as they, they line up with my already set expectations. It's easy to go with the flow when things are flowing in our preferred direction, right? But what happens when things go off of our carefully charted course? What happens when we are no longer in charge? When that happens, then change and new things, 
they become pretty frightening to us. They become very difficult. In the passage that we heard read for us a few moments ago, I think that the Pharisees are a whole lot like me. I think that they, they thought that they really were all about new things. In fact, they have been watching and waiting for God to show up and change the world and make it never be the same. They have been longing and looking for God's kingdom to arrive here on earth, so much so that they have focused their entire lives around being holy and ready for it. Whatever the law said was required of them, they tried to live that out to the fullest and to the, the finest degree so that when God's kingdom came, they would be in. So that whenever his Messiah, the anointed one, showed up here to rule and to reign, they would be a part of this new thing that he was doing. So, of course, when, when Jesus shows up onto the scene and, and he starts to proclaim God's kingdom is here, the Pharisees were excited about this. Of course, they're interested. And so it's no surprise that they go out to see Jesus. But whenever they get there, they're, they're in for, for this, this big surprise that quickly becomes a big problem for them. This new kingdom that Jesus is declaring, it, it didn't line up with what they had in mind. And these new things that he was doing, uh, they, they weren't at all what they thought the kingdom of God would, and more importantly, should look like. They thought that God's kingdom would be for the righteous and pure people of Israel. But here is Jesus declaring that this kingdom is for everyone, even for outsiders and foreigners. They thought that God's Messiah would be careful to keep the law as stringently as they did. But here is Jesus. He is healing people on the Sabbath and touching unclean lepers. They thought that the Messiah would surround himself with the best of the best, the people who, who sought to be as holy as possible like they did. But here is Jesus calling his disciples among common fishermen and most recently a detested tax collector. Actually, when, when Jesus and the Pharisees are having this exchange that we read earlier today, Jesus is sitting at the banquet table of this tax collector, a scandalous thing. In the ancient world, shared meals signified shared lives. And so it was very important who you were around. It, it communicated intimacy, kinship, and unity. You're supposed to only eat with, with people who were like you in light of that. But here is Jesus eating at a table with a known cheater and traitor and all of his friends who are just like him, working with the hated enemy of the people of Israel, Rome. Jesus is feasting at this table with those kind of people, with sinners, communicating to anyone who saw them, including apparently the Pharisees, that Jesus had this intimacy, this kinship, this unity with them. 
The Pharisees, they thought that they wanted this new thing that God was going to do. They thought that they were ready to welcome and to embrace this change that his kingdom was going to bring. But now they're not so sure about it. Things are quickly getting out of hand. Jesus is not aligning with their already set expectations. He's not following the course that they have so carefully charted. And now they are starting to experience the panic of no longer being in charge. Do you know what that feels like? I do. I would describe it as kind of feeling like the floor that is beneath you has suddenly been ripped out from under you and you are falling with no idea of where it is or when it is that you're going to land. It is not a fun feeling, is it? And, and so what do we do when we start to experience this? We start to try to, to grasp a hold of something, of anything that will help us get back some power. And that's what the Pharisees start to do here. They start grasping. They start reaching out and clinging to the admittedly imperfect, but at least known old ways things were. They begin to cling to the old to regain control. They start to question Jesus. Jesus, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? We, we would never risk tarnishing our holiness like that. Why are you being so careless? They say to him, John's disciples fast and pray. Why do yours keep eating and drinking? The Pharisees themselves, they're saying, we, we faith. We fast twice a week, Jesus, even though the law only requires us to do it once a year. And so, so Jesus, where is your spiritual commitment? They start nitpicking and criticizing Jesus, trying to get him back on their course. But do you know what Jesus does? He doesn't budge. He keeps right on extending to them the invitation to the, to the party of God's in-breaking kingdom. Yes, he's expanding the guest list beyond what they ever expected, but that doesn't mean that there's not a seat at the table waiting right there for them. Yes, Jesus is feasting, but here's the thing. The Pharisees can as well because the very thing that they have been fasting and praying for is happening right before their eyes. This was a time of celebration, a time to celebrate the new thing that God was doing among them. But the Pharisees, they keep on turning down Jesus's invitation choosing instead to cling to the old that was known and could be controlled. Jesus, he could see that they were really struggling with this. And I think that Jesus had compassion on them, just like he has compassion on us when we find ourselves in that struggle. And so Jesus, he, he tells them this story in the hopes of, of helping them to let go. He says, imagine that you have two garments. One of them is old, and it's been worn so much, it's kind of gotten tattered. It's developed holes in it. But then you have this brand new garment over here. Would you take out a patch of this brand new garment to try to patch up the old one? Well, that really doesn't make sense, does it? You know, now you've ruined this new garment, 
And not only that, but the very first time that you go to wash this old one, then that new material that you put in there that, that's never been worn and never been washed before, it's going to shrink right up. And that hole that was already there, it is going to open right back up. It just doesn't work, right? Couldn't they see this, this old garment? It was no, no longer able to do for them what they needed from it. It was no longer able to serve them well. And so why expend all of this energy trying to preserve it when there's this new garment that is already being offered to them? Then in case that story didn't get through with them, Jesus tells them this other story, a very similar one. He says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. This would have instantly made sense to Jesus's first listeners. Many of them would have had grapes that they were growing in their very own backyard and they would make their very own wine. Back then, first they would have taken their grapes and they would have pressed the juice out of them. They would have put it in a vat for a little bit of time to, to help it start to ferment. But then they would have poured it in to this wineskin, a wineskin that would have been made from most likely the hide of a goat. The wine was then left in there until it was time to drink. But of course, as it's sitting in that wineskin, it's continuing to ferment. As it's sitting there, it, the yeast is continuing to break down the sugars and into alcohol and into carbon dioxide. And as all of that's happening and this gas is being produced, then that wineskin, it's expanding. It's growing outward and filling up like a big balloon. And then after it's sat there for like a year, it's kind of reached its max. It cannot stretch any further. And then there's no going back. When that new wine is poured out, it, it's going to stay like that, right? It's lost its elasticity. It's no longer pliable. It cannot stretch back out any, any further past it already is. And so imagine, imagine if you tried to use that old wineskin again. Imagine putting new wine into this stretched out wineskin and that fermentation process happening again, those gases being produced and it needing to stretch out. It's not going to work, is it? It can't stretch any further. It cannot expand. And so the only thing that could happen at that point is for that wineskin to burst. And so not only is that old wineskin run, but the, the new wine is lost as well, trying to put new wine into these old stretched out wineskins, it just does not work. It must be poured into to new wineskins that can be stretched and shaped. The Pharisees, they, they were trying to fit this new thing that Jesus was doing into their, their old thought forms and behavior patterns. But, but they're starting to feel the friction that, that, that at, at, at this point, that friction is growing to the point that something is about to rip. They're trying to, to contain the change that is happening within their already set expectations. But they are feeling the tension to the point that an explosion is becoming imminent. And this is so, so scary for them. I think we can understand that. They don't want to be out of control. 
And so they're ready to do whatever they, they can do to hold on to even the illusion of control, including clinging to things that are, are, are worn out and, and, and not working well for them in the first place and missing out on the fresh, new, sweet possibilities of experiencing a more full and abundant life. What about us? In this moment, we are going through so much change in our lives, change that, that none of us asked for. We are experiencing so many new things, and we have no idea where we're going to end up on the other side of this. I dare say that all of us today are, 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 are coming here and gathering together, feeling as if the floor has crumbled beneath us and that we are falling, falling and we have no idea where the bottom is. And so let me ask you something today. Do you, do you find yourself reaching out, trying to grab a hold of something, of anything, that will give you a, just a sense that you're still in charge or in control? I want to be very clear this morning. I do not believe at all that our God has caused this pandemic. But what I do fully believe is that our God is still present and he is still working like he always is, inviting us to be transformed by him. Maybe over these, these past few weeks in the midst of what we're going through, you've been seeing some holes in your garment that, that maybe you've missed before. Maybe you're starting to see some places that 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 in your life, they, they just really weren't, weren't, well, weren't working well for you in the first place. That, that cannot serve you well. And so how are you going to respond to that? Are you just going to try to, to patch up those areas of your life and, and go running back to, to those same old things when all this is over to, to regain some sense of, of normal again? Or will you have the courage to leave those things behind and to take a hold of the new possibilities that God is holding out to you in this moment? Maybe in the midst of all this, you've sensed that God is wanting to do a new and a fresh thing within you. Maybe you've stumbled into some practices that, that you've never tried before or that you'd forgotten about, or that you had long ignored, and you can sense this, this organic process of growth that is happening within you that God is doing. And you find yourself being stretched and shaped in ways that, that you never even thought possible. But again, how are we going to respond to that? Are we going to decide that we are already just stretched out to the max and that we have no room for that? Or will we be vulnerable enough, vulnerable enough to become pliable so that God can do a new and life-giving thing within us? As much as, as, as some of us might want to say that we love change and that we readily embrace new things, the truth is it's hard for all of us. We tend to only welcome it when we're driving it or when it fits nicely within where we're already headed. But this morning, I would like to invite us to put to death our need for control 
and to exchange it for something else. I'd like to invite us to exchange it for surrender. Surrender to the one who died for us and was resurrected so that he could resurrect us to new power, to new possibilities, and to new hope. I'm going to lead us in a prayer of surrender today. And I'm going to create some space for you to talk personally and privately with God. And then each time I say the phrase, Lord, in your mercy, I invite you to respond with the, re the reply, hear our prayer. Let's pray together. Lord God, in this world that is, is filled with chaos and change, you are constant. You do not change. You do not budge. You are good. And you continually hold out to us hope and renewal. God, as we draw near to you today, we take just a moment to express our gratitude to you for your presence and for your never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love for us. Express your gratitude to God now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, you declare, behold, I am making all things new. In your goodness, you are at work restoring and redeeming every inch of this creation, including each and every one of us. God, even in the midst of this uncertainty, when we have no idea what things are going to look like a, a week or a, a month down the road, even now, you're inviting us to be transformed. However, God, we confess to, to you today that, that that change can be a little scary for us, that we are not always so sure that we want new things. And so we can find ourselves clinging to the old to have some sense of control. Let me invite you to take just a few moments to let God show you any of those places in your life where you might be doing that today, clinging to control. And then just take a moment to talk to him about those places in your life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we come before you now, laying down the terrible burden of having to have our own way. We ask you to help us to be open to the changes in our lives that you want to bring, knowing that, that God, it might not be easy, but trusting that you are with us and that you want the very best for us. We surrender to you today. 
in the hope that in dying to ourselves and our need for control, that we might gain the new, abundant, full life that you died to make possible. Resurrect us, God, we pray. Take just a moment to express your desire for God to be at work in your life today. Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
for worshiping with us. I want to let you know before we go some ways for you to connect during the week with one another. 
we have new groups starting, virtual groups that will help you connect in community even as we are distanced from one another. That may be a group with people that you typically worship with or a group around scripture or a topic that is relevant to this moment. You can sign up for those groups at broadwayunited.org forward slash growth groups. We're doing a lot with social media right now, creating content and helping us stay connected in that way. And I would encourage you to find that. Maybe it's our daily 9 a.m. prayer time. Or this week, we will be starting some interviews with people who are community leaders who are helping us understand our new normal. There are lots of ways to connect through social media. I also want to thank those of you who have been giving to our mission of Invite, Grow, Serve in this season. And especially to those of you who are finding new ways to do that. Thank you very much. It matters now more than ever. If you want to support our mission, you can do that in several ways. If it's through this online platform, you just need to click the button at the top, or you can give through our app, and the button on the app is actually at the bottom. If you don't have our app, you can text the letters B-U-M-C app to 77977, or you can give online at broadwayunited.org forward slash give. As we go, would you join me in the words that are on the screen as we send one another out in this benediction? As Christ burst forth from the tomb, may new life burst forth from us and show itself in acts of love and healing to a hurting world. And may the same Christ, who is the source of our new life, keep our hearts rejoicing and grant us peace this day and always. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above. It's been so wonderful worshiping with you, friends, today. Uh, go in peace to serve God uh, and love those around you. Have a wonderful week, friends. Go in peace. <laughs>